Welcome to The Working Therapist with Hayden Bolick, a podcast designed to help you grow more, do more, and be more as a therapist. The Working Therapist is an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. We're glad you've joined us for today's podcast. So here's your host, Hayden Bolick. Welcome to this episode of The Working Therapist. I'm Hayden Bullock, your host, and today we are um, so fortunate to have Patrick Groff with us. He is the founder and developer of the Pocket Disc, and I know everybody's wondering what a Pocket Disc is, maybe. I don't know. I was at first when I saw it, but he's going to tell us all about it. So we are going to talk today about the Pocket Disc and his company and what he's kind of got going on and his mission and I'm excited about it because his products are awesome and we use them in therapy and I can't wait to get into it. So welcome, Patrick. Thanks. Thank yeah. you. How are you today? I'm great. Patrick and I met at the Toy Fair last year in New York. You guys were throwing these pocket discs around and they caught my eye because they were a ton of fun and come to find out we were both of them there in New York City and we're both from North Carolina. Small world. Yeah, small world. So Patrick, why don't you introduce yourself and tell the listeners about yourself? I um, basically had a eureka moment maybe nine years ago where my daughter, she was a third grader at the time, and they did a um, little handwork project where they were learning to crochet, and they crocheted these little round mats or doilies. You know, her little misshapen one sat on our table for about a year, and it just didn't really do anything. Well, one night a friend of mine was over, and he picked it up and chucked it at me for no real reason, and I caught it, and we just looked at each other and Really couldn't believe what we had just accidentally discovered uh, with this serendipitous throw. She had made too many drop stitches, by the way, if anybody's interested in the science of flying discs. And because there's drop stitches at the edge, it curled a tiny little bit around the edge. And so because of that, it actually tracked straight in flight. She had been, you know, paying attention fully and not jibber-jabbering with her friends uh, <laughs> like third graders will do. Uh, she would have had it flat, and it would not have flown straight. It would have just hooked and hit the ground, and I don't think we'd be here all these years later. So, wow. pretty neat. That is pretty so neat. fast forward the story. I can tell you as much more if you want. Um, yeah. You want to hear a few more words about it? So, yeah. we basically, um, we knew we had something really cool, but we also had day jobs and families and didn't really know how serious to take this. And so, really all we did is just play with it as we were hanging out from time to time. And it seemed like whoever found us playing with it loved it themselves. And we got enough positive feedback that we were like, all right, maybe we have something here. And that was about six months later. And so we actually started making them ourselves. I would make them. My ex-wife would make them. You know, you get about two inches out from the center radius-wise, and you're feeling great about yourself. You know, you've, yeah. you've pretty much progressed, uh, you know, to where you have a four-inch round thing after four days of work, right, in, yeah. on the side. And then it started to curl and wave, and you would have to undo it, and it was just a disaster. So luckily... My ex had enough patience to be able to get through about three of these. In the interim, we had gone down to NC State's textile department to talk to the professors there to find out how we could get these mass produced. Wow. And they informed us that you cannot make a round crochet pattern with a machine, at least no machine in existence. Really? And so that led us to thinking about handmade. And so we switched gears in our minds and said, what does this look like? Okay, it kind of looks like a hacky sack. And it kind of looks like an old Rasta Man hippie hat, you know, that you see at the festival. Then we took that line of thinking to the internet and looked at where these things come from. And um, it all pointed down to Guatemala. Mm. Um, it turns out that the Mayan Indians have um, an incredible knack for crocheting, and it's been in their culture for a very long time. 
And so we just started sort of poking around with contacts who already import Aki sacks and other Guatemalan wares. And, you know, through trial and error, about a year more of bouncing around frustration, not finding the right people, having people who thought it was more important to just take a swim in the lake than it is to uh, actually have their meeting on time. Huh. You, you, you name it, we went through it. <laughs> really? Wow. We found a really good, competent production manager slash buyer's agent down there to manage our affairs. <laughs> Over time, we ramped up to where now we're really happy to say we've got over 600 Mayan ladies that we work wow. with from their homes and their villages. There's no factory. It's all mm. fair trade. They just sit around with their friends and take care of their kids and crochet pocket discs, headbands, packing sacks, pouches, and all the other things we make from the uh, comfort of their homes. So it's really been a wonderful thing where every time we go back, we see the kids' clothing and shoes improve. We've been fortunate enough to do some water filtration projects. Wow. to uh, clean up the water and get the Giardia out of their water systems. It's been really a magical experience, something we never could have known would have come from that when we first saw that thing take flight. Yeah. And to bring it full circle to your podcast, your area of expertise, what has happened is over the years, people have kind of come out of the woodworks, whether it's via email or phoning in or as you did, just walking around the corner at the trade show in New York mm-hmm. and discovering these things. And why I say these people, our main focus has been to sell to the toy stores, the outdoor gear stores, you know, your hiking, camping shops. And so we've sold over a million of them. But like I said, over time, random therapists have come out and said, right. oh, my gosh, this thing is amazing. Not only because it's so soft and safe, but because of all the different applications that it holds potential with for a therapeutic use. And so what we knew from day one was, yeah, we think the college partiers will love it. We think the little kids will love it because it's soft and safe. But we also knew in our minds there had to be some application, mm-hmm. both in the geriatric, the special needs, the PE, all the various markets mm-hmm. that are out there. But I'm sad to say, being a tiny little company, to be able to fully explore and tap into those markets and be able to bring this awesome tool to the teachers and the therapists and the camp counselors. And so now this is super exciting for me. I can't tell you. I mean, since you told me we we're going to go on the air a month and a half ago, I really have thought about this almost every day because I'm so psyched to get the message out. And I'm really looking forward to ideas you and I have discussed about going into next year about being able to come down there, run some different events, videos, photos, and really start to develop a therapeutic plan. We really are motivated to jump through whatever hoops are needed to be able to become an occupational therapy association certified object. We already pretty much made it all. You know, we want to look into that. And we mm-hmm. we went to the North Carolina Occupational Therapy Association meeting last Saturday. Nice. It was the annual conference. And uh-huh. they loved it. We must have had about 50 different therapists go home with one. That's great. Um, lots of follow-up to try and go meet with them and try and do some cool events with them. And so we really want to see this grassroots right out of Charlotte and Fayetteville, North Carolina, and just grow. I'm so psyched about the good this can bring to the kids' world, the therapist world, and everybody else. When you come down here, we won't make you jump through any more hoops than our kids do. So you're good. But um, that's, <laughs> that's a deal. <laughs> that's right. So much good information there. So first, the obvious question is, how long does it take to make one of these pocket discs? Like, how long does it take the Mayan women to do that? I'm glad you clarified mine because when I did it, it took me a week. And I never really did actually <laughs> succeed. It took my ex-wife about a week. Uh, it amazingly takes the ladies down there between 15 and 25 minutes, depending on how experienced they are. Good gosh. With the product and if, if it's something new. I mean, once they get going, 
their crochet stick moves so fast, it feels like you can see smoke coming off of it. It is pretty amazing. And wow. it's, because it's second nature to them, it really is almost like a mindless background activity while they're just having so much fun talking to their friends and watching the kids. And it's almost become like a little social thing for them to gather around and do every day. So and it's wonderful. That means basically every one of these is handmade and they're all individual. They are all handmade and all individual. Wow. And even like if you picked your favorite one, whatever that might be, say the North Carolina flag or the yep. happy face or the rainbow swirl, whichever one you love the most, if you line 10 of them up and look at them, superficially they'd look the same but you would definitely see slight little differences maybe the lip which is the underside part you grab onto to throw and that's what creates the airfoil and catches and causes the lift maybe the lip would be a tad thinner on one than on another and, and that actually from a disc golfer's perspective and i don't know if you know about the frisbee golf or disc golf yep. is what they call it yep they have different types of discs that are going to maybe hook right or curve left the equivalent of a slice or a hook in golf based on the lip Believe it or not, this handmade variation actually creates personality for these discs to where it's going to appeal to certain throwers based on if yep. they want it to curve left a little, hook right a little, all that good stuff. It's kind of interesting. And yes, they are all unique, but what we do is we have stock patterns we find to be the greatest sellers. Yep. And so we encourage their creativity by having them continue to do lots of individual random wild ones. Yep. And we continue to get inspiration from that. But then we also are constantly sending down new ideas. Like when I saw the Colorado flag or I saw the yin-yang or the peace sign, I thought, hey, let's try these. And they're able to do it or they're not. And if they can do it, it usually looks really cool. If they can't do it, we either just forget about it or we now implement an embroidery machine, which is a lot like, you know, what you would use to get your golf shirts or your hat uh, yep. for your company. Mm -hmm. And they just take a finished disc. And then they embroider right on top. So that's how we do like the North Carolina or the South Carolina or the Texas state flag. Mm -hmm. They do the best they can with the background colors. And then they just embroider like the logo on there with the dates and the words or the Texas star or the Palmetto moon, all those different uh, icons. And that has opened up a world of potential for co-branding with like, yeah. for example, if a therapist wanted to get their name out. We've done everything from Sweetwater Brewing Company, like a, a beer brewer, to right. famous sandal company called Choco Sandals, to you name it. So on your website, it's called the Team Spirit or Fundraising. That's what you're talking about, where you put your own logo on it and border that or whatever you want to. Is that what you're talking about? That'd yeah. be like a branch or a division of it for sure, right. because um, a lot of the Team Spirit uh -huh. are going to be just plain and simple, two-tone, you know, say your school colors are red and black. Gotcha. Or if you wanted to have, you know, Northwestern High School or whoever it is, then yeah, we certainly could do that as well. Mm -hmm. So that's one element, fundraising. A lot of these companies will either donate them or give them out as prizes. Basically, people could use them for like teams, for team sports, companies, you know, PDT could use one. We can embroider our name on it for giveaways or just using therapy. Really, anybody could embroider their logo and you can do their own color on the pocket disc, right? Yeah, it's totally customizable, you know, with just a little bit of lead time and all that. At the end of it all, it's really just a super unique, fun, soft, safe toy you can play just about anywhere, inside or out. You know, we call it like our consequence-free Frisbee because even if you hit <laughs> some little kid right in the nose or you're at a music festival or a tailgate and you hit somebody in the head, generally the reaction is a smile yeah. and a, a very happy-to-throw-it-back kind of attitude, much less than anybody ever gets angered. I'd yeah. say one in about 100 people get annoyed with it, with yeah. that. You see us tossing them around at the toy fair, so you know. Yeah, yes, a lot of people. <laughs> you know they're but flying. If somebody did get angry if you hit them with one of these things, because it absolutely would not hurt anybody, then maybe they needed to be hit upside the head by this pocket disc. They maybe just need to adjust their attitude. I mean, really, these things are just fun. 
They're bright colored. They're fun. They're easy to throw. Literally, I've thrown them like with a ton of kids in almost every scenario you can think of, probably. And they all can do it, which is awesome because we have a lot of little people we see who are not successful with throwing or catching anything. And it's so brightly colored and it's so easy to throw. And you really can't screw it up. I mean, honestly, you just can't. Everybody feels successful and kids love it. I'd love to talk about some of the ideas and therapy and how we've been using them and share those with people. But a lot of these little fellas and little girls I see have a very short attention span. But this pocket disc, for whatever reason, is great because they'll throw it and some of them can't throw it that far, which is even better because I won't lose them when they go too far away. But they'll throw it and they'll keep going back to pick it up and throw it to me and pick it up and throw it to me again. Sometimes for these little guys, 10, 15 back and forth throws is a lot for some of my little people. And it's awesome. Maybe it's the bright colors. Maybe it's so easy and fun to throw. I don't know why, but they really stick with it for a long time. And one of the nice things also it does is a lot of speech therapists don't like to, to get up and move and groove about our therapy room. We tend to sort of stay behind a table. But I always think speech people should move a lot because kids talk when they move and kids move. So this pocket disc is an easy, safe way for speech therapists to sort of get out of their rut sometimes of not moving and throw the disc around and just move around the therapy room with the kids. So throwing a ball, throwing the pocket disc, they're awesome. They're awesome. <laughs> I, I love hearing you be so excited about I it. I am. I've started using them with different books. And one of the books I've used it a lot with is like an oldie buddy goodie. So this tells you how old I am is the caps for sale. You don't see it that often, ah, but do you remember the caps for sale? Huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you, you remember that? You, you give me back my caps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so these story. pocket yeah. discs look like these caps. Remember that? Nobody wears that uh, kind of cap so anymore. Do the kids stack them? Yes, we'll stack them on their heads. Also for balance, sometimes with the physical therapist, sometimes they're working on balance. And so we'll be like, okay, can we stack up three of these on your head? So if I'm co-treating with a physical therapist, they might stack up a couple on their head, but then I'm also using the book. So we're doing some nice pre-literacy or literacy or following the concept of the book. And so we'll do some of these on one end of the balance beam. So we'll walk from one end to the next and we'll pick up a cap and we'll put it on our head and then we'll go to the next. And we're using the book along with the balance beam to work on balance and sort of coordination and moving your body and sort of pay attention to where you are in space. And it's awesome. I mean, Patrick, it's like, oh, my gosh, these people are geniuses. They figured this thing out. <laughs> and it's fun. Yeah, that's so cool. But I can't take the credit for that. I'm giving that one to you. Because if you would ask me how I would incorporate reading into a pocket disc game, I don't think I could have come up with one. So God love you for that. Because really, personally, I haven't had a TV in 20 years. That's a decision for my own life. But yeah. we read to our kids so much. And that's a huge thing, I believe, is to get kids reading yeah. and to read to them. And so to yep. hear you tie that in and bring caps for sale, which is such a fun story. Isn't that awesome? For life. Yep. <laughs> that's a blast in the past. I mean, my youngest is 15, <laughs> so I probably haven't read that book in at least 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that is just so much fun to hear you say that. Yeah. That's awesome. It's a long book. So a lot of times what I do for some of the younger kids or the kids with a shorter attention span, I'll for sure modify that book, you know, and to make it so it's appropriate for their developmental age and that kind of thing. But you can also do the same thing with 10 on top. I don't know if you remember that book either. So Caps for Sale and 10 on top, it works for both of those. As soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, my gosh, it's Caps for Sale. We, use yeah, we used to have a game where, where people would stack them 3, 4, 5, 10 high and just stand there. Mm -hmm. And the friend of theirs stands across the room and tries to knock them off their head. I, I forget who the historic person was who shot the apple off the guy's head. But it was really, <laughs> I don't even know. Tell. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Go on. But, so we've been using the pocket disc a lot with that. We've also been using the footballs a ton 
will stack up these little cardboard boxes that we have. They go from bigger to smaller, and they have letters and different pictures on the cardboard boxes and stuff. But the kids like to stack them because most little kids love to knock stuff over, you know. We stack mm-hmm. them up, usually about as big as the child, and then we take the footballs. The big ones are the ones that I prefer, and then we throw it at the tower and knock it over. The kids love that, and also the ball is, like, perfect for the right size for the problem in their hands, so if they have trouble gripping, the ball makes it easy to grip but it's got enough weight to it that you can knock the um, thing over without like making a big mess or hurting anybody. If I could interrupt and add a point of clarification yeah. for your listeners, we actually make footballs like the actual American footballs now, right. and so I don't want to confuse them. What we call your product is the large foot bag oh, or yeah. the big sack because that's just what it is. It's a big hacky sack. And just so they can get a visual on it, it's probably a little bigger than a baseball, a little smaller than a softball, and it does look like a hacky sack, just a giant oversized hacky sack. And you're right, perfect weight for throwing. And it turns out, not so much therapeutic, but recreationally, it turns out it floats in water. We use recycled plastic pellets in there that are lead, phthalate, and PVC free. Well, what we did know is it's great for kicking. It's easier to throw. It's a great weight for throwing. I used to hit my daughter ground ball practices with a softball bat. Right. And she would use it for soft catching with her hands out of a glove. But one day we were out by the lake and she made a bad throw and it went in the lake. I said, honey. And next thing you know, it popped right back up. Wow. Like that was about a year and a half that we discovered that it floats. And that's been a huge selling point for it. It's kind of funny how my daughters sort of have a hand in these accidental say. discoveries of, of these fun toys we have, you know? <laughs> pretty, was, pretty cool. Yeah, because I was going to ask you what was inside those things that make them float and to make them dry so easy because they dry really fast, too, which is nice for us because with our little kiddos, we do use them in the water. We actually play in water a lot and water tables, and we have outdoor spaces at two of our three clinics where you can play outside. So we do use them in water tables a lot. But they dry nicely and they don't like mildew or get smelly or anything, which is awesome because a lot of our people are medically fragile. So that's a beautiful thing also. It's a really nice, easy, safe product for the water too. I don't know what the secret sauce is to make it not mildew. I'm sure given time in a a dark, wet place, it would. But, you know, the way you're talking about if you put it in the sun and just let it dry or even just on the windowsill, it is going to do the job. The best way to dry a pocket disc, if you have an air conditioner or a heater, Hmm. is the air return vent where you put your air filters. If you just want to hang it off the little hook that you open and close, just open it a tiny bit. So it's not so the metal grate falls down, but so that it's just out a little and hang the lip of the pocket disc on there. And as the uh, air sucks through to get into the filter, I'm telling you, that thing will be dry in like 10 minutes. It's amazing, 15 minutes. And one other thing I wanted to mention as a side note, speaking of patient sensitivities, yeah. One thing I learned at the North Carolina thing last week was there's some sort of differentiation. I believe in private practice and in clinics that are private, it's not such a mandated concern. But I think in the state run and in the hospitals, mm-hmm. you know, by law, everything has to be sanitizable mm-hmm. with that antiseptic spray. Right. And obviously, that's going to be an issue with a cotton product. So we kind of got a little forlorn about that, thinking, oh, how are we going to be able to solve this problem? And it's funny how I feel like in life, when doors slam in your face, so to speak, on a, a wonderful concept, right. but hey, here we are out of luck. I really firmly believe you just got to look around for it because there's going to be a doorknob somewhere else, a new path. And sure enough, within 30 seconds of that conversation, huh. another lady who's standing there overheard and said, well, you know, they're making a lot of stuff these days out of recycled plastic bags where they actually strip the plastic bags down, blah, blah, blah. And it was like the light bulb went on uh-huh. for me because for years, every year I go back to Guatemala 
And I always see stuff, and I'm always looking for what I'm going to bring back. That's how we evolved to the headbands. I'll, we'll talk about those because you yep. have a very unusual use for the headband that yep. I never would have dreamt of, but I'm thrilled to hear about it. Yep. But anyway, for years, my guy down there has shown me these plastic concoctions, so to speak, and huh. it literally looks like plastic bag thread. And, you know, I'm not really into plastic stuff, so I was like, nah. But as <laughs> soon as that lady said that, the light bulb went off, and so oh. now I've got my guys down there working on some prototypes specific to the hospitals where these hacky sacks and pocket discs are going to be made out of recycled plastic bags <gasps> so that they right will idea. gladly be wipeable by right. the disinfectant spray. Right. And voila, there it's still soft and safe, and it's got the added perk of the recycled plastic, which we love. So everything we can do is recycled. We've got a new game coming out next spring called Bottleneck, uh-huh. which we call it that because... Yep. Part of the scoring system creates a setup where a lot of the hacky sack bottleneck in and in front of the goal. Ah. And it also turns out it's made out of recycled plastic bottles. So we thought it was a very fitting name. That just ties into our green business commitment. I mean, we know we can make beanbag-like products in China from machines out of vinyl. That's just not what we want. We Mm -hmm. are not for that. We are for keeping it as organic, as handmade, as earthy, not only in feel and form, but also from a uh, actual process of what goes into it and what comes out of it and all that good stuff. So well, huge commitment on our end to the green side of things. But you can really tell because you can feel the quality in them. And I mean, literally, I play with these things all the time. And when I say play, I mean like in therapy, I'm using them all the time. I've been putting them through the ringer, Patrick. They haven't worn out yet. I haven't destroyed anything yet. I haven't been able to rip one of those foot bags open yet. And let me tell you, some of the kids I see and myself have tried. So we haven't been able to destroy anything yet. And I'm getting them wet, dry, wet, dry, wet, like all the time. One question. Can you put the pocket disc in the wash machine? Like anything cotton, you certainly can, but you got to expect it's going to shrink a little if you're yeah. not careful. Solution there is just to do the best you can to stretch it back into shape, and it's mm-hmm. going to work just fine. I would recommend you hand wash it with just some dish soap. I think that's going to be a better bet, and then let it air dry. That's what we tell people to do, yep. but we've run them through the washing machine plenty of times, and yeah, they'll just dense up, like get denser if that's proper grammar, and <laughs> dense right. up, but yeah, they will. <laughs> they'll get denser, and they work just fine. So I am real conscientious of making sure we wash and clean all of our stuff. So I've just put them in hot water and then let them air dry in the room because that's what you told me to do with them in New York. And I've done it and it's worked great. The other thing I was going to ask you is what does a certified green business mean? Basically, if you go to the Green Business of America website, you're going to be able to get the full Mm. feel on what is involved to become certified. But it's a series of criteria that we pledge to follow. We, we do everything we can in our supply chain to be as environmental as possible. We have, for example, a paperless office. I mean, every now and then we got to print something out, but it's almost never. We, uh, wow. and we print labels for our UPS boxes that go out every day. But by and large, no wow. paper, recycling everything, you know, just doing all the green things that we'd love to see everybody do. So between that and our fair trade, and I can talk more about fair trade as well, if you like, um, yeah. one of our goals, and it hasn't happened yet, but one of our goals as we grow and get bigger and bigger is to encourage other companies and be a model to show them that, yeah, you can be green, you can be fair trade, and you can still be a thriving, surviving business that grows. You know, our role model within our industry, because we're big in the camping, hiking world, Mm -hmm. is Patagonia. Mm -hmm. If you were to read about Patagonia and the owner of Patagonia, uh, Yvonne Chouinard, and all the great principles that he's never really wavered on since day one, incredibly inspirational company. They're doing it the right way, and I got nothing but great stuff to say about Patagonia. And, you know, we would like to think of ourselves as a little mini Patagonian development, and maybe someday we could be half as influential as that awesome company. Wow. 
That's fantastic. The fact that you're committed to that really speaks to the quality of your product because it's great quality stuff and it doesn't wear out. And I think it's fantastic. So um, go, man. I'm behind you. So that's the end of part one. Stay tuned for part two. And I'll catch you next time on another episode of The Working Therapist. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Working Therapist, an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. If you would like more information regarding this podcast or would like to get in touch with us for any reason, visit us on the web at www.pediatricdt.com. That's pediatricdt.com. 